This podcast was first broadcast on Fresh FM, the top of the South community access radio station. For more information on Fresh FM, as well as links to other great local podcasts, go on our website freshfm.net or download the accessmedia.nz app. Kia ora koutou katoa and welcome to Cawthron Radio. This is a bi-weekly show where staff and researchers at Cawthron Institute share their stories and talk about their research. I'm Natalie Bird, a communications advisor at Cawthron, and for this episode I'm joined by the Cawthron Institute Trust Board Secretary, Elizabeth Bean, and we're going to discuss the upcoming announcement of the 2021 Cawthron New Zealand River Awards recipients. The River Awards have been running since 2013, established by the New Zealand Rivers Trust and delivered by Cawthron Institute since 2016. They celebrate the efforts and achievements of people who are committed to improving freshwater health throughout Aotearoa. Elizabeth and I are going to chat about this year's finalists and the incredible work they have done. But before we delve into their stories, Elizabeth, welcome. And can you explain a little bit about the different categories for the awards and the background to them? Okay. Well, the awards were, as Natalie said, started in 2013 and what the Trust wanted to do at that time was celebrate the really good stuff that was happening in the water space, share some of the stories and the improvements that were being made. So they started with a river award which was for the most improved river and that relied on data, mainly what was in the Lawa database and then they realised there was a whole lot of other really cool stuff that was happening that wasn't being captured in the Lawa database. There wasn't monitoring or measuring programs. So those were inspiring stories, locals, grassroots activity. And they also realised that there was individuals who were doing fantastic stuff, Like, and that's where we got the River Voice. So that there are people who had been campaigning or speaking or advocating for River Health. The awards, they've changed and they've evolved over that time. They're now pretty much part of the, the Cawthron calendar and this year's entries are quite exciting and the finalists are quite different from what we've had before, which I think reflects what's been going on in New Zealand over the last 10 years. So there are three categories, correct? There's yes. um, the overarching, correct me if I get it wrong, catchment yep. with the most progress towards improved river health. Yep, so that's like the Supreme Award. Mm-hmm. And then the River Story Awards, which we're going to discuss today, that are for more of that local grassroots mm-hmm. community projects to improve freshwater health. And then the River Voice, which is an award for an individual or an organisation who demonstrate really great advocacy and leadership in the freshwater space. Yeah, and, yeah. and able to communicate what's happening. Like yeah. Get the message out there to the public. So today we're going to delve into some of the stories of the finalists of the River Story entrance because they're extremely inspirational and exciting, as Elizabeth said. So I might read a little bit about the first finalist, which is the Kaupokunui Catchment Group, led by Te Koroai or Ngāruahini Trust in South Taranaki, not far from Stratford. This is a really cool project that had a very specific focus. It was about enabling fish to move more freely up the Kaupokunui stream for the first time in 120 years, past a disused weir that was basically blocking fish from travelling further up the stream. Te Kuruai o Ngaruahini Trust, a local iwi trust, led the charge to remove the three metre high weir, which is located on private land about five kilometres off the coast of South Taranaki. It's a really cool project because it involved a wide range of stakeholders and, and people from the community, Fonterra, 
Kapuni, Taranaki Fish and Games, South Taranaki District Council and the Taranaki Regional Council also contributed to the project. Up to 15 native fish species may have been affected by the weir and they will no longer have to jump or climb, which is previously the only option for them to navigate their way upstream. So Elizabeth, this is a really cool story about a targeted project with a specific purpose and it's had a really big impact, hasn't it? Mm, And I think that's what these stories are about. They're things at local level where you've got different community groups coming together. I think the other one in there was Heritage New Zealand. So removing a weir is, is quite a big deal and what this group was able to do was to get all the parties to align their interests and and I think the other thing with this project was that within a very very short amount of time the fish were were coming back up so they had quick success great results that were obvious and, and able to be enjoyed by the community very quickly. Yeah, and that was one of the amazing things. We're going to be sharing some video stories from next week on Cawthorne's channels about these projects. And when the iwi representatives reflect on the significance of this project to the iwi, it's huge because it's a massive part of gathering food and being able to catch eels and catch fish in the river. And it delivered on those results really quickly, as Elizabeth said, for the community, which is is really cool to see those objectives clear from the outset and then delivered for everyone who was involved. It's a great success story. And congratulations to everyone in the Kaupokunui catchment um, group that made that happen. On to the next finalist in the Cawthorn New Zealand River Awards. They are an environmental group operating in the Makarora or Makarore River in Otako called Mount Aspiring Biodiversity Trust. And they have engagement or sponsorship from Toitu Te Whenua Land Information New Zealand and other partners. In October 2020, Toitu Te Whenua developed a 321,000 four-year project with the Aspiring Biodiversity Trust to carry out threatened species monitoring, pest and weed management and habitat restoration in the catchment. And this was funded through the government's Jobs for Nature programme. A big focus of the project was protecting the biodiversity of the wider river ecosystem by protecting native birds. The group has carried out extensive predator trapping along the river, supporting the recovery of braided river bird species like the black-fronted tern and ryebill and also fior and rock wren. The birds are an important environmental indicator species, which means that improved outcomes for them results in benefits for the whole ecosystem. Since the partnership with Lynn started, an existing trap network along the rivers has been extended and intensified, including an additional 100 traps, taking the total to over 200. They've caught 182 predators in these traps since 2020 and 471 in river traps since 2018, including stoat, rat, hedgehog, ferret, possum and mice. So this is another excellent example of a project that's had a really clear focus and has had a really significant impact. So Elizabeth, I guess when a lot of people hear about the River Awards, they would assume the focus is mostly on water quality. But the inclusion of this river story in the group of finalists indicates that the River Awards focus is much broader and so is the definition of river health. Mm, And I I think it has to be because... what happens in the river often reflects what's happening on the land and in many cases we think about agricultural land use and what's coming off the land and into the water. In this case it's an area which it's not the agricultural runoff that's the problem, it's the pests which are an introduced species and those pests destroy our native birds and and that affects the um, habitat in in which the river is. So like the first story relatively quickly this group has been able to make some huge leaps forward by primarily by trapping. So they're finding now species that weren't there before in, in much greater numbers. I think the other quite cool thing with this one is that you don't have to be 
a scientist necessarily to make the improvements. Anybody, any member of the public can do something to improve our rivers. And I, I think one message that I really want to get out there is that we've all got a part to play, whether that be pest control or planting, or as in the, the first story, it, it required a lot of advocacy and, and communication between different groups. So the rivers are there for us all. And it's not just a spot in one spot, it, it's the whole length that's really important from the top to the bottom, but also from the land to the water. Yeah, that's fantastic. On to the next story, I think we'll see similar themes coming through, although slightly different. A bit of a wider brief, I guess, but still another example of everyone having a part to play. We're talking next about our third and final finalist, Punio River Care, an environmental organisation in the Waikato dedicated to restoring the health of the Punio River while creating jobs for locals. They're a restoration organisation based at Mangatoatoa Marae and they employ local whānau to do the mahi. Established in 2015, they have grown their capacity quickly. They've run their own nursery and from inception, they've grown and planted over 1.2 million trees, which is a huge number, and now have the capacity to grow 1.5 million trees annually. And in addition, over 60 kilometres of fencing has been completed on farms along the Puniu and Waipa Awa. So... It was a desperately needed initiative because the water in the Puniu wasn't safe to swim in, riverbanks were eroding, the tuna population had plummeted, and I think everyone in agreement, local marae, local iwi, landowners and the Waikato Regional Council had been working together to clean up the awa and restore the habitat. MFE also supported the project through the Freshwater Improvement Fund, so this project has a similar clear focus but a slightly different approach because they were also focused on creating jobs. Yeah, so I think this one, they had a big problem. And what that meant is they had to have a really clear plan for how they were going to address the problem and it, and it wasn't going to be a quick fix. So really clear objectives, really good governance structure, got some external funding and got a whole lot of different players all talking to each other with a common, there was a very common goal. And, and if you talk to Shannon, who's the leads that project, what he's most proud of is the people and what they do and the fact that he's been able to create jobs and he can see the pride that all the people that he works with have in the river so he's like a really really proud father of <laughs> two million how many how many trees was it Natalie I've forgotten I think 1.2 million trees yeah so he does. yeah all those are his children yeah I mean that's that's a huge impact and what I like about that is that a lot of these environmental projects and the organizations that run them sustaining their efforts over time is really hard and finding mm. the resources and the funding. So by turning it into a business enterprise, mm. I think that's super exciting to see what they're able to do and I think they'll have the longevity that they need to continue that incredible work. So those are the finalists in the River Story category. Just want to say again, congratulations to each group and their members and volunteers for the efforts. What I've loved about being involved in the River Awards this year is that they demonstrate how a small group of people can have a really big impact. And I think that aligns with the original intent, right, Elizabeth? Mm. Which was what we talked about was to celebrate success. So that's why we have awards to say where people have done good things. And also, I guess for the Rivers Trust and, and for Cawthron, many, many stakeholders in the freshwater space. So what we all have in common is that we want improved freshwater health. 
I mean, everybody wants that. And everybody can do something. I think these stories illustrate that you don't have to leave it to someone else and, and wait for change to happen at some point in the future. You, at your local level, can do something like there'll be a community group or a project that aligns with your interests, whether that be trapping or planting or bird watching. Like, there's tons of opportunities. And I think as we go forward, and particularly listening to what happened at, at COP26, that citizen science and as each individual taking their responsibility will become more and more appealing to New Zealanders. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. That's a, a super important message. And I mean, if someone in the community listening is thinking they want to get involved, how would you suggest? I mean, they, I'm sure they could Google or search on Facebook for catchment land care yeah, stream care I think groups. I would do that in the first instance. Just Google land care trust and there'll be a catchment group near you. Of course, you can always ask Cawthron and we'll point you in the right direction. Or in most regions, the councils are very involved, so they can also point you in the right direction. So the community groups take all different forms. They're all different shapes and sizes. Some are very formal, some less so. Like there's one in Nelson here the Mai Tai where you know the planting days are a real social event like they're a really popular family outing. Yeah and there's also always local forest and bird groups yep. to check out as well. I think Nelson has an active chapter. Yes, yes and again I think it's a get the whole family out there. It's yeah. a, a social activity. Awesome. Thank you so much Elizabeth for joining us today. So if you'd like to follow the awards and find out who the winners in each category are, we will be sharing stories on our social media channels and website next week and making the announcement on Thursday the 25th of November, so keep an eye out. Thank you for joining me, Elizabeth, and to our listeners, until next time, mā te wā. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this podcast available by funding the Access Media Project. Other great podcasts from Fresh FM are available through the accessmedia.nz app or our website freshfm.net.